What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Moe. Buongiorno. Buongiorno to you as well on this gloriously sunny Sunday morning. It's it's amazing. Oh, do got a little bit of fur there? A little fender fur. A little fur there. A little fender fur. It's everywhere. <laughs> He's in here today monitoring our recording session, making sure that we sound great and we put on an excellent show for everyone. He takes his role as producer very seriously. Very seriously. Very seriously. On the days that we have to shut him out of the office because he would just be too much noise, he's very upset with me and lets me have an earful <laughs> later. But, you know, we'll, it's either here nor there. It should not affect the quality of today's show. Where we talk about games here at Team Chat Podcast, a weekly video game show where, like I said, we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out Tuesday, 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, as well as watch a video version on YouTube and Twitch. You can find links for all that in the descriptions for the episodes below. Also... You can find us on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and join our Discord server. Again, links for all that stuff. It's there. It's down there. If you have any questions or feedback for the show, you can do, send us an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com. And finally, we are a completely listener-supported show. So if you're really enjoying what we're creating for you each and every week, head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast and you know maybe throw us a couple bucks there to help support the show. And in return, we will give you a couple of cool perks, like getting the episodes early and access to our private patron-only channel on our discord server there's a lot of words in that sentence <laughs> you struggle with it like every time that's a hard sentence i might need to re- need revisit to this one rewrite revisit come back with a new one it, that's, that's a little funny. bit more succinct and easier to, to <laughs> spiel out as it were but again that is patreon.com slash team chat podcast and a big special thank you to all of our patrons who help make each and every episode possible we love you more than everyone else this is true we you know they tell you not to play favorites but we have favorites. Yeah, it's pay to win. <laughs> You're winning. <laughs> we are the worst of the game industry. We are the EA. Pay to, industry. Pay to win. Oh, no. All right. Oh, but we boy. do have a lot to talk about today. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into it with our... Um, actually, let's switch it up a little bit here because a lot of our episode is going to roll into... We're going to roll into the main topics from the moment with Bogus. So we're going to switch up and do a quick Red Dead roundup. Oh, okay. You startled me. I'm sorry. Man, that was the fastest, easiest transition. <laughs> it was very of the hat. smooth, actually. Man, I'm pretty proud of myself. But welcome to the first Red Dead Roundup of 2019, y'all. Pew 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 pew. pew, pew. pew, pew. <laughs> so I finally actually had some serious time to spend in the game. Got quite a few hours in over the over the last couple weeks. What's your hour count by now? Ooh. I've been actually looking to try to find it. If anyone has been able to figure out where you can see it, because I looked at my saves on the PS4 and I couldn't see it anywhere. Really? So I'm trying to figure out where that is. I've got to be. It doesn't say it on like your save file. Mm-mm. It tells you like the time of the really? day that you save, but huh. it doesn't tell you the actual like it doesn't. No, it doesn't tell you the thing. Huh. So I know I'm kind of bummed. I want to know how much time I spent in it, but I think around 20 plus. That's really funny because I now have at least 30 hours into hollow night oh yeah and i've had it for at least half the time that you've had red dead <laughs> hey I, yeah, I, I think i'm like 26 to 30 somewhere in there nice. but anyways go wait on. that long in hollow night there, it has that much content or it just takes that Dude, long i'm not even done okay oh, <laughs> i man. mean i have died a lot well yeah so but... have I. I didn't think it was that big of a game though it's big oh no you've got some progress to oh, make if no. you're ever gonna play it i but do have some progress that's neither here nor there it's true but anyway so i've been really enjoying it more the big thing what I want to focus on and getting more into the story really I just actually made it into chapter three uh, so I'm, I'm now at a, at a new position a new chapter in the story moving along there again don't want to talk about that much for spoiler reasons but the big thing though that they did come out with in the last week is they did finally Rockstar release the gun rush mode into the Red Dead Online which is basically Ooh. their version of the Battle Royale gotcha so at this moment they only Bunch allow 32 people 
<laughs> it's only 32 people in the into this into this mode. And what's is nice though from other battle royales is that it takes place at they have different maps, not one big map that everybody's in. You That's actually nice. like have different smaller maps. But also that makes sense because of the lower player count with only 32. Right. But I played around in it maybe like the second day it had been out. So I don't think that many people were playing it yet because I was only getting like lobbies with six to seven people in them really wow so i and again this could be because of their like server rollout how they decided to do this but yeah so it was very low lobby numbers which was making the games feel very non nothing happening but then all of a sudden something happened which usually meant i died so naturally i did play i did have a couple of good rounds where i got two or three kills the which felt really good my biggest complaint is with it is that the Weapons are very difficult to find. It shows them on the map where the, where they are. You'll see like the symbol for what type of gun it is or weapon that you're going to pick up. But when you rush there, you can barely see the weapon just like rotating, floating above the ground, rotating. And it's got like this gold uh, like trail that kind of floats above it to like indicate where it is. But they're still sometimes I found it very difficult to see them in like the underbrush or like grass or areas oh, and stuff yeah. where it is. And then plus two, Red Dead's item pickup. Uh, like it's very, it's you have to be very precise when you want to oh, look you have at to the be like right on top of on top of it and, like and looking, looking at, at it in the it right up, way, which can be very slow. I got killed several times just trying to pick up something. I do think that's really annoying. So I like, think that that needs to be like a run over. You run into it and like it automatically picks it up, or like it's a quick tap. I don't know. It was very difficult to pick up weapons. I thought, yeah. Um, but still, the I can see. I like so I like that it's the smaller server size. I like that it has the small that it has the smaller maps just so you get a little bit more variety than what you get out of your Fortnite's or your blackouts or PUBG's. But for the most part I wasn't overly impressed yet. I'm still not overly impressed with the online still. I thought when I first played it I was going to really enjoy it a lot more than maybe even the base game, but then I started playing it more a lot of the same issues I had from Grand Theft Auto Five came exactly. on being a lot of griefing, which they are put, take, trying to take efforts to to minimize that and make that better. But I felt like I could literally not take two steps without getting shot by somebody. Usually the same person over just over and over again. And so, along with that, and then it's just well, right now too, I still want to focus on the story because I want to finish that first before I spend a lot of time on online. I've got enough online stuff to play right now. Uh, I don't necessarily see Gunrush taking over Fortnite or Blackout for me in terms of a favorite battle royale, but it's still nice to have another little another choice out there to to mess around in every once in a while. So that basically wraps up my Red Dead roundup for today. Now we jump over to that moment. With Mogan. All right, so we haven't really been doing a moment with Mogan since the new year because we've been doing a lot of other stuff. Well, and we so had we Kirok gonna, on last week, and we didn't want to. Yeah. We wanted to be able to jump right into that topic with him. So, so. we're going to do a little bit of recap just in case you missed it. So, in case you missed it, Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story came out on January 11th for the Nintendo 3DS. That's the one where Mario and Luigi get shrunk down, and then I think Bowser inhales them by accident. Oh, what the hell! And Mario and Luigi are literally like. <laughs> In him, like, doing stuff. <laughs> but what's funny is that you also kind of control Bowser. And so, like, let's say you need to put out a fire in the real world. Or, like, actually, excuse me, you need to put out a fire in Bowser's intestines, which I don't think is something that maybe that actually happens. I don't know. <laughs> but you might have to tell Bowser to go and drink a bunch of water in the real world so that Mario and Luigi can have the water to put out the fire. Right. It's weird <laughs> i don't know if people like it it's a mystery that uh, is sounds very it odd. sounds very 
very odd. In similarly related Mario news, new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. This is the Mario Brothers that came out for the Wii U. Nobody played it because nobody, nobody had a Wii U, but this also just made it to Switch, also on January 11th. I have played um, new Super Mario Brothers Wii U Deluxe. It's a fantastic game. I really uh, think I'm going to pick this one Anybody up. that enjoys Mario in any form is going to love this game, so if you didn't get to play it on Wii U, play it on Switch. It is probably still a fantastic game. Uh, Tales of Vesperia, the definitive edition, came out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, also on January 11th. And then, as of this episode's air date on January 15th, Onimusha Warlords Ooh. is coming out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, also on January 15th, The Walking Dead, the final season episode three, Broken Toys. Wow, that's a long title. Anyways, it comes out for <laughs> PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, is that the one by the studio that is now dead? Yeah, by Telltale. But it's, So it got picked up by Skybound Games. Skybound Games is now finishing out the series. So you could even say that the title of The Walking Dead is now like extra hilarious because not only is their game dead, so is their studio. Oh, oh burn. Oh. They kind of burned themselves there. Um, I don't know how to say this next title, so I'm just going to do my best. Okay. It's either Yike or it's Y-I-I-K. <laughs> how would you say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay, don't so know. we're going to pretend that it's <laughs> Y-I-I-K, a postmodern RPG, comes out for PS4, Switch, and PC January 17th. And then in the near future, we have Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown for PS4 and Xbox One, and Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. Makes it to Switch. Both of those on January 18th. Boom. There we go. And in other kind of non- Release-related video game news, there was a really, I, I don't want to say covert, but a very subtle development in the Overwatch universe. Yes. Obviously, Jared and I both still play Overwatch. Not sorry. I don't think the game is dead, and I still like it. So in one of the recent comic books, I think, that came mm. out, uh, it had mostly a lot to do with the character of Anna, and it was about her time kind of while she was disappeared, when everybody thought she was dead, uh, and they subtly revealed in the comics that Soldier 76 is in fact gay! Mm -hmm. It's awesome. That makes two characters two. in Overwatch. Tracer two. and Soldier Tracer 76. Tracer and Soldier 76. So I was like, wow, what a super nice thing to happen. I know. Out of nowhere. It really did. And, I mean, I have always felt like Soldier's voice line of, bring the noise, bring the ruckus, was specifically talking about, like, 70s disco. Oh, yeah. I just couldn't prove it. Now I think it is. But would it be 70s disco stuff? I don't know. Old. <laughs> They're, like, in the future, aren't they? It's, like, in the future, but not, like... The real future? Well, I, mean, I feel like I remember like future. a year ago, somebody posting on like an Overwatch subreddit or something like, hey, oh, Reinhardt was born today. Like in lore. Really? Or something like that, I think. That's hilarious. But yeah, somebody, somebody did stuff like that. So yeah, they're huh. way like, 20, like in the 60s maybe? Something like that? 2060, something? 60, 70? I don't know. I don't know. Right on. Anyways, world. the point is... Overwatch is now a little bit more inclusive. It is, indeed. Good Although, for them. For an already incredibly diverse and inclusive game yeah. as it is. But yeah, so adding that in is a great touch. And then, yeah, the lead writer of of uh, Overwatch, Michael Chu, did come out and tweet 
officially, I mean, if the comic book wasn't enough, he did tweet that, uh, quote, thanks for all the messages about Bastet. Jack and Vincent were in a romantic relationship many years ago. Both identify as gay. So this firmly establishes that Indeed. it is an actual. Like, There's no way that you could like gloss over it. It's right. definitely right. There. It's a definite thing. It's a definite who Soldier 76 is. Indeed. And I think it's awesome. I do too. Good for him. I've, so, but speaking of the Bastet uh, and the challenges and everything that are in Overwatch right now, where you can unlock one of uh, a skin for Anna, Bastet it's skin. A cool it's skin. It's a very too. cool skin. It is awesome. Which I think Overwatch needs to do this more with oh, unlocking school, uh, to unlock skins and everything. They did I think the same awesome. one for Diva. So this is actually really similar to Diva's Nano Cola challenge. Did you participate I don't know in that? If I think I missed that one. It was one. the exact same format. So really? actually, they piloted this format. Uh, piloted this nice. format. Ah, <laughs> with Diva. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, they set it up to where it's kind of like arcade, where you have to win either three, six, or nine games, but you can do it in any mode. You can yeah. do it in arcades, you can do it in competitive, or you can do it in quick play, which I think is really nice, think because that doesn't restrict you to the arcade modes, which a lot of people don't enjoy. I, lo- I actually play the arcade modes more than anything else. I, I personally love arcade, and I love Mystery Heroes specifically. Really? I hate Mystery but Heroes. the other ones I don't like. I only I don't play like Deathmatch. I don't like Deathmatch. <laughs> I love Deathmatch, but I hate when it's Mystery Deathmatch. Oh, see, I would play Mystery Deathmatch. No, uh, because that's what I've been playing, and I've been playing this whole time while trying to get the tr- get this challenge, which I did get, and that skin is awesome. But, oh my god, it, I'm, it makes me feel like I'm such a trash-tier Overwatch player. Well, because you are. Obviously, I haven't played in a very long time either, so that may have, but I'm, I feel like normally whenever I take a break from a game, like I play too much, I take a break from a game. When I come back, the first few matches back out of the gate, I'm actually really good. And then you fall and back And then I off. fall back. <laughs> This time, I started it up and immediately it was just terrible. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm trying to work it back up. But the problem is also with the Mystery Heroes, I don't play my mains very much. So I'm not I'm not my old Roadhog, my old Genji. Gengu. And stuff. And trying to get better at Ash because oh, Ash is good. I like Ash. She is fancy. She is fancy. I personally can't play her for shiznit. Really? I can do pretty oh, good with her. No, I like I'm her terrible. A lot. Like trash tier. Oh, god you. awful. Anyways, so anyway, that's the that's the Overwatch one news. One bit of news. Second bit of news before we jump into the last bit. Of and deal. it's a little bit more complex. It's a little bit more complex. Got more notes on this one. Got did, had to do a bit more research on this one. Totally under, get a firm grasp of the of the situation. But it's a big one. Bungie has split with Activision and will be retaining publishing rights for Destiny and will be self-publishing Destiny here on out. Duh. This is big. I know it's probably not going to happen, but in my mind, this also means that Bungie will somehow manage to get back Halo. They're not going to get back Halo. I know they're not going to, but like, just in my mind, I'm like, yeah, they're free. I know. Be free, Bungie. Go get Halo. Apparently, back. in a lot of the article, like Jason Schreier from Kotaku wrote an article talking about this, and he said, and he referenced in there that apparently, like, Employees at Bungie cheered and champagne was popped. That's when the hilarious. News was and apparently the same thing happened when Bungie announced that they were splitting from Microsoft way back in 2011, I believe. Bungie just, they've always, they just have always needed to fly on their own wings. But I mean, to be fair, that's when they've done their best with, with Halo and everything and their older games like Marathon and some other stuff before they, I mean, obviously nobody has issues with it. I mean, some people do. Like a lot of people I know hold up with like Halo 3 and Reach were like the last of the best of the good Halo games since 343 took over. But I've enjoyed, like, I actually really liked Halo 4. I thought 343 did a really good job there. Halo 5, no, I didn't like the story of that one as much, but I the multiplayer is still fun. <laughs> I know, you haven't, this isn't necessarily your. I literally wouldn't know. And sadly, we don't have that person oh, who used to sit here. Who we're could, looking at Fender, but we, we both know. We see Zach's face on Yeah, him. we. <laughs> who could tell us a little okay. bit more about Halo? 
<laughs> Let's but, just get Fender up in his own chair. <laughs> we'll pretend he's Zach. <laughs> but anyway, but uh, but so still, like they have this. They, it seems to be this. It's obviously this pattern of Bungie where they they do well. Somebody was like, "We really like your stuff. Let's work together." Like. A-okay, let's do it. And then they eventually want to split up later. But apparently, which I wasn't as familiar about this, or I wasn't, I feel like I'd seen like little things about it, but I wasn't aware how much tension there was between Bungie and, and Activision, well, which so, has been not, which has been a big lead up to this happening. I may have missed kind of their history because obviously I wasn't as into looking into video games more in depth pre podcast but when they merged was it actually a mutual merger or was it a takeover i don't like, know did necessarily Activision if it's buy a bungee i don't know if it's a necessarily that's actually a good question i don't know if they did either because the i feel like that, they just partnered i don't feel like it's a it's a cuz it seems yeah. way more of an amicable split than somebody who was bought i feel like if activision was having issues with bungee they would just kill bungee like, kind yeah. of like how EA has done with Visceral and other studios. Stop it, EA. <laughs> I, I feel like if they were legit, like, hey, you're not hitting our numbers. We're just going to shut you down and farm out Destiny to another studio. But I feel like Bungie still holds enough of its own independence as its own thing to be like, no, how about we just negotiate where we leave you and we handle this ship on our own? And I think that's where we're sitting at. But so obviously the some of the more the lead up to this is that now is that they have this. Eight-year partnership since 2011. Um, like we said, it's very similar to the Bungie and Microsoft split from way back into before that. When, but now, at least the big difference, though, as opposed to the split with Microsoft, where Halo they gave up Halo and now Halo is in charge of 343. Um, now, like I said, Bungie is going to get to keep Destiny. And they're going to self-publish Destiny from here on out, including updates or further expansions of Destiny 2 and, of course, Destiny 3 and 4, however more they go on. So this gives them a lot more freedom because the, one of the big things and one of the key takeaways from all the different articles and the other things that I looked at to read is that now Bungie is no longer going to be tied to Activision's demanding release schedule where they wanted new content yearly, either through expansions, new game, and from a lot of stuff I read from Jason Schreier and some other on like PC Mag and stuff like that, they talked about how that this was really – at building up in Bungie because they felt like they were being too rushed, whereas Activision was constantly like, "Hey, hit these numbers." They weren't; they were hitting them, but then they weren't selling as well as they should have. Which is then, so they're never really hitting all these right target numbers that they needed to hit. But they're not putting out great content either because they're feeling rushed. Obviously, I've long spoken about my issues with Destiny and how it feels very repetitive, very quickly. Apparently, the Forsaken expansion that they just came out with fixed a lot of issues, but it still hasn't. Totally redeemed it. It's redeemed also it. not supposed to be the function of an expansion that it fixes the base game. Right. Like, that's not how games should be released. The initial release should be good enough to stand on its own, and the expansion should then just be bonus content. Exactly. Joyous bonus Tweaks content. Tweaks and all this stuff. But yeah, this this whole of like... And I'm sure that by the time they get to they roll around to Destiny Three, it is going to be a different thing, and they'll probably revamp things once again. Can I make a bad joke real quick? Sure. I thought of it while you were talking, but I didn't previously want to interrupt. When they eventually release the last Destiny game, do you think they're going to call it the Final Destination? Oh my god, ah! that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Don't give it a number, just the final destination. Just just the (laughs) destination. I have good ideas, Bungie. Listen to me. Hire her. You're now on your own. You can do this kind of thing. Oh, man. I was Uh, like, holy. That's that's good. I like that a lot. But so it'll be very interesting to see what comes of this. Obviously, since now Bungie will be free of all this, but they also then now have to take on the burden and responsibility of self-publishing the game, which adds a lot more responsibility and and, a lot more cost. cost. So we'll be interested to see how they move forward from this. But it still is very exciting news and interesting news. And I got to say, it kind of makes me interested in what will be. I'll be interested in Destiny 3 because maybe it will be like the reverse where like Halo 1, 2, 3 were excellent. You know, then they got more into bed with Microsoft and, you know, 3 for 3, all that. But they, you know, still the first one was really good. Whereas they've had Destiny always under the the Activision wing. So I wonder what will happen with Destiny 3 when it being outside of that. Maybe it'll actually be really good and I'll yeah. love it. Uh, a lot of the conjecture that I've seen from fans of Destiny and uh, from fans of Bungie, obviously, is that Bungie now wants to make Destiny even more Destiny mm-hmm. than before, which I think just means doubling down on the core aspects of Destiny that are actually good right. and phasing out all that Activision crap that they maybe didn't want. Which was a lot place. of the stuff with especially how microtransactions are handled because yeah. the Eververse store, obviously... It, microtransactions are there to be a supplement to the making of the money from the original sale on the game. Obviously, those are put in place a lot more. The pressure to put those in is a lot more from the publisher because the publisher's like, hey, we got to make the money. So it will be interesting again to see. I think, yeah, they'll keep microtransactions in there, but I wonder if they'll switch to the more cosmetic-only avenue rather I than... I hope so. Obviously, I think that personally that's the most natural way to include microtransactions that the consumer might actually react well to. Yeah. I don't uh, mind buying a cosmetic yeah. item every, yeah, every yeah, once in a while, but don't tie my, pre- my progress to the game through, cos- through things I have to purchase. Exactly. So... But yeah, interesting to see where that will move forward in the days coming. Indeed. Now, we, we have, have a fun one. We have like this a weird, a fun little topic, thanks to a new listener of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got an email in this week from Josh. First and- of all, it has been... So long since we I know. got like Thank an you for, email for ending our drought, Josh. This <laughs> it's is great. really because we, well now we have the Discord and that's, oh, that's how we true. get a that's bunch where we of get stuff. A lot of our stuff yeah. And so it's like an email. Oh my goodness! We're so fancy. <laughs> but you can email us just like Josh did at teamchatpodcast at gmail And so here's his email. He says, "Hello, hello, you guys. This is my first email to you. I've only been listening for around a month now. Well, thanks for listening, Josh. Welcome to the show. Now I apologize for it's if it's too long, but I have a few questions." One, so I've been thinking I want to play some more games. I want to I want to have a main game and a secondary once I beat Let's Go Pikachu. Here's what I'm deciding between. Main game, The Last of Us, Breath of the Wild. Secondary game, Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley. Animal Crossing for the 3DS. Stardew Valley for PS Vita. Splatoon 2 for Switch. Or some other uh, wild card mentions in here. Owlboy for Switch. Metroid for 3DS. Salt and Sanctuary for Switch. Any thoughts? I prefer two games, but I am open to three. All right, he's got let's some other. Move on let's move to his next questions after we address the. Let's first address one. because this is going to be the meat of this. Yeah, and it's like there's a lot of back and forth that could be uh, talked about here. But actually, I kind of think that the main one might be the shortest one. So he's deciding as his main two games between The Last of Us and Breath of the Wild. Right. I think I probably know what you're going to say. Oh, absolutely, The Last of Us. And actually, I am too. I was and, wondering how we were going to go yeah. this, because they are different. The thing about this, Josh, is they're very different games. They are wildly different. <laughs> <laughs> what? So many puns today! We need to record on Sunday mornings more often. The puns are flowing. That's where my humor is at its peak. <laughs> um, anyways, they are vastly different games. Uh, the Last of Us 
really the only reason that I'm saying you should play that one first is Breath of the Wild doesn't have a sequel. It probably will never have a sequel in uh, until there is another Legend of Zelda game. It may or may not have anything to do with Breath of the Wild. That's true. Whereas The Last of Us, we know for certain that The Last of Us 2 is coming out eventually. With I, more, more and more hints that it might be actually coming this year. I personally still don't think it's going to come out in 2019. I'm not holding my breath super hard for it. But it is a fairly hopes. meaty game. You know, it has a lot of content on its own. It's very, uh, I wouldn't say time, um, what's the word for it? Time sensitive, like exclusive. No, like, not time sensitive. I don't know why I'm blanking on the word for it. Anyways, it's not a game that you have to funnel more a timely. ton of time consuming. There we go. Man, okay. why couldn't I think of that word? <laughs> it's not a in, hugely time consuming game, but it does require a lot of emotional investment. Yeah. Like you need to oh, yeah. be in the mindset have your of the last of us. Have be your ready. tissues nearby. Uh, so I think that having a base of the last of us with a little bit of time for that to simmer once you finish it sets you up really nicely to move into The Last of Us 2 when it does eventually come out. And the expansion, or uh, the the DLC for Last of Us Left Behind. Yeah, I've actually exactly. decided. So I've been waiting to... I've only played The Last of Us once. And that's how great of a game that's it is. shocking, good sir. It's, it, because it's honestly, it's one of those things... It's, one, it's been the thing, remember, when before Last of Us Part 2 was announced, I was, all, I was of the mindset of, like, I don't know if it needs another, if it needs a second. Right, right, because right. Because it was so good. So it's one of the... It's been that thing of, like, not wanting to tarnish the memories basically i totally get it and so uh, that's why I ha- one reason why i haven't played it. plus there's just been so many other great things to play but i have decided that I, what i want to do is whenever we do finally get the release date for two i'm going to start another playthrough of last of us but i'm going to do last of us jump and then when i don't want to spoil anything for you josh here but when a story appropriate switch chron- to when chronologically left behind dlc would happen oh Okay. Then jump back to finish the main oh, game. Oh, that's a cool idea. Neat out. So that's so I'm looking forward to that. But so to piggyback on what you're saying about it is I completely agree with what she's saying. What Breath of the Wild, while not in my mind as good of a game as The Last of Us. You haven't even played it that I know, much. I know. And, 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 <laughs> How dare you? And, well, and but I don't think that it would change your mind. I don't think all. it would either. But because also, again, like I said, they're completely two different games. Oh, Breath of the Wild is a very big, open, massive, expansive role-playing game uh, to an extent uh, um, shares similar qualities. It has a great a story and everything, although the story has often like you're not as big of a story as other Zelda games. No, I am. You know, one of my primary complaints about Breath of the Wild is that I felt in the story and character development department, it was sorely lacking mm-hmm. in comparison to other Legend of Zelda games. But there's still a ton that I love about it. Right. So if and when you are ready for the undertaking that is Breath of the Wild, it is primarily an exploration game. Yes. And it does that in like tr- tr- triple A plus 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 fashion. It's got a lot for you to do. For what it does that it's good at, it's amazing at it. But there's no time limit. I mean, it's not like you need to play Breath of the Wild right now because something else is coming out down the line. You can save Breath of the Wild for whenever you're ready for it. It's not something that you need to do today. You could. You would be really addicted to it for a while, and then I guess you could move on to a new game. Well, and then too, you're talking about like hours 
into the game. You know, Breath of the Wild, you, how many hours do you think you've put into Breath of the Wild? I checked recently. I have at least 195. Jesus. Yeah, that's not a joke. <laughs> like, if you go to my Nintendo Switch like profile, it yeah. shows everybody what games you've played and how many hours you've put in. That is still my top one at 195 plus. Dang. I don't think I've cracked 200 yet, which not I quite. thought I had. I thought you had too. I know. I suck. But <laughs> still, so again... Breath of the Wild allows for that. So if that's what you're looking for, if that's the kind of experience that you're looking for, that this massive, expansive game that you're going to be able to pour hundreds, literally hundreds of hours literally into, hundreds. then I would say, yeah, go for Breath of the Wild. If you want a more condensed story that still packs a shitload of emotion into it, hit up The Last of Us. Not to mention, The Last of Us does have the multiplayer mode, Factions, which does... It's fun. I enjoy playing it a lot. It Don't still has a semi-active community, although Don't. at this point, you're also going to be very... <laughs> Outleveled probably by a lot of the people that are on there, uh, so I don't know how much necessarily fun it will be. But it does it does have a fun multiplayer mode, and obviously I've sung the praises of the story enough of how good it is. So uh, I think our our consensus here is The Last of Us is for what you should hit for your main game. Yeah, absolutely. but now your secondary. I th- so I got to be. I gotta say though, I'm not as familiar with some of his secondaries or his either. Like, I am I actually, familiar with every single one of these. Okay, well that's good then because I like his either's. I'm not familiar with Alboy or Salt and Sanctuary at all. Um, but as far as the sec, so maybe we should com- kind of combine all these. He has these three of his three secondaries: Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, Splatoon. Like I know where I would throw my vote behind Stardew Valley. Absolutely, yeah, duh. yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was also going to say. Okay. Um, and the reason for that, so I do really like this uh, theme that he's got going on here, where The Last of Us and Breath of the Wild are both more meant to be at home played games. Yes. Whereas clearly, with all these secondary choices, these are like his games on the go. Also, I gotta say, cheers on the PS Vita to being still, your yeah, platform like, of choice for Stardew Valley, a Vita, bro. <laughs> I still have my Vita. Yes, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, anyway, so Stardew Valley, because of the type of graphics that it uses, I don't think you would lose any visual quality no. on playing it on the Switch versus on the PS Vita. So of these top three that he's listed as a secondaries, Animal Crossing is obviously one of my favorite like handheld games ever. I adore Animal Crossing. I also adore Stardew Valley, and I like Splatoon 2. I don't love it as mm-hmm. much as any of these others, but I do like it. So if it were just to be like condensed down to this first secondary category, I would strike off Splatoon 2 just right off the bat, and I would still put my vote in for Stardew Valley. And that's because I have noticed this with Stardew Valley um, in comparison to Animal Crossing New Leaf. I just recently uh, got like a big milestone in Stardew Valley. I finished. This is mildly spoilery, but not really, because you know right off the bat that it's that something. Like you don't want to hear it. Yeah, you know right off the bat that it's something you can do. I just recently finished the community center. Hmm. I accomplished oh, yeah. you all that of quick. the upgrade bundles, and the community center is now done. That is a big moment in the game, and it's kind of like an indicator of not, hey, you're done forever, but it is a really nice goalpost of congratulations. You could be done. You technically finished everything that we had for you. Good job. So really kind of the only things that I have to do in Stardew Valley from here on are make my farm bigger and better than ever just for fun because it is really fun. Marry my Hazubondo. We're still still in boyfriends with each other, but but I haven't... It won't rain. I can't get that like... Never mind. The point is is I can't marry him quite yet, so that's still further down the line. 
And there are a couple of uh, like legendary fish that I haven't caught that would be really nice. And there are a ton of in-game achievements that I can still continue to work towards. Right. But in terms of having a sense of completion, I kind of think I, I got there. I'm like, okay, cool. I technically finished Stardew Valley. That you know, people may disagree with me on that being like the definitive thing about right. the game, but it feels really nice, at least for me, to feel like I got to the end. It's like, okay, sweet, I did it. I accomplished all of my goals. Now I just get to run on maintenance, basically. Whereas with Animal Crossing New Leaf, there are goals that you can accomplish. You can obviously have um, your entire like city mm-hmm. kind of upgraded to the max you can upgrade the library the museum actually it's just the museum sorry about that it looks like a library on the outside uh you can upgrade the museum get all of the shopkeepers to move in and of course you can make your town as fancy as you possibly want but it is much more of a continuous game animal crossing never stops Ever, I, you keep going and going and going because it lives like on the, the Energizer real, Bunny. Exactly, it lives on the real world calendar. It's always going to be there. You're always going to have stuff to do, even if it's just minor stuff. So, in terms of being able to play a secondary game and eventually get to the point where you kind of feel like you finished it, Stardew Valley. If you want a game that you can play forever and ever and literally forever, Animal Crossing New Leaf. They're both really good, but I would say Stardew Valley. Nice. Um, I've only played of the... Well, I've played Splatoon 2 and Stardew Valley. Animal Crossing, I've only had experience from Animal, Pocket, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, the mobile version Animal of it. Pocket Crossing Camp. <laughs> have you not heard of the new expansion? <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> but anyway, so I have to agree. Stardew Valley, I think, hands down. Also from... Well, I'm assuming maybe this is for the original oh, 3DS. I don't know. What's the price point on 3DS games? 40 bucks? Yeah. I think. It's like $40, dollars 39 Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Whereas For new releases. For new releases. But you can get Animal a Crossing used copy by this point. of Animal Crossing anywhere. Yeah, for probably fairly cheap. So so pricing on those two games might not be that big of a difference between Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley is 15 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whereas Splatoon, Splatoon 2, 2 is still... It's still going to be 60 it's because still it's Nintendo and they game. don't put stuff yeah, on sale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they take $5 off. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're looking at it from a price point, I would say look into the one of those two. Of the two, Stardew Valley, I think. Uh, Stardew Valley, I tried pocket camp because i thought that might be my thing to get into animal crossing and it just didn't connect with me yeah stardew valley i didn't think was going to connect with me but connected with me in a big way and i still play it very often i'm not near as far as mogan is Still haven't finished my first year. You should be ashamed. I should be. Um, it's neither here nor there. But quick but caveat. But still, it's a super, super fun yeah. game. And a quick caveat. So of the Ithers, so again, he listed Owlboy, Metroid, uh, excuse me, Metroid Samus Returns, I believe is the one he's talking about for the 3DS, uh, and Salt and Sanctuary for the Switch. I have not played Owlboy and Salt and Sanctuary, but the theme of these three is that they're all phenomenal platformers. Uh, whoopsie doodles. Um, and of those three Metroid 3DS I can strongly recommend. Uh, I played Metroid 3DS um, excuse me, Samus Returns obsessively mm-hmm. until I got stuck on a boss and mm-hmm. I like rage quit and I still haven't gone back so that's my own fault and now that I'm like super good at not super good but I'm decent at Hollow Knight I'm like how hard can it be? I can surely go back and do it now because like my confidence is restored uh, but Samus Returns is 
is a really good mix in terms of a platformer that you can play in handheld of really good graphics. I mean, just because it's a handheld game doesn't mean the graphics aren't awesome. It looks good. It sounds great. The sound quality of like all of those Metroid Prime sound effects, all perfectly integrated. The enemies are really fun. The gameplay mechanics are super tight. It is a great game. And I like nine out of 10 at least. So I could highly recommend it to any lover of platformers or handheld games or Metroid fans. A plus plus 10 out of 10. Well, I just said nine out of 10. Shut up. (laughs) Whatever. So that's uh, that's my secondary vote. It's if you're not wanting to do the undertaking of Stardew or Animal Crossing, Samus Returns can't go wrong. It's a great game. So to finish your to wrap up then on your first question, our three recommendations are The Last of Us for the PS4, Stardew Valley for PS Vita as you have here or any platform that you choose, and then Metroid Samus Returns for the 3DS. Yes. So we move on then to his secondary question here. Which is, which we might have actually kind of already touched on a little bit here. To go along with my secondary list, would you recommend Animal Crossing New Leaf or Stardew Valley? Okay, whoops. so he's okay, specifically we the New kind of Leaf, already, so we kind of yeah, already answered whoops. this one. Uh, I'm new to those kind of games, and I'm hearing Stardew is better. Uh, that seems to be our general consensus as yeah. well. I mean, the term better is very relative. subjective. Yeah, it's relative. But they're both amazing. But in this case, I think Jared and I are both in agreement that Stardew Valley might be the better starting point. Like, you can move yeah. on to Animal Crossing once you're really into that kind of game. I think if I had started with Animal Crossing, I think I would have been overwhelmed. Yeah, you would have been. Yeah. Whereas Stardew starts you off very slowly. You really have that like first year to really figure out the mechanics of everything. Like I can already tell my second year is going to be so much better. I'm going to dr- grow so much stuff and get so many animals. It's going to be fantastic. I'm so it's excited great. to start. Right now I'm just trying to get through the dull monotony that is winter. No, winter is the best one. Are you an idiot? <laughs> it goes faster, but I also am like, okay, I'm going to mine again. You I guess. are a I can't grow fool. anything. You can grow stuff. You just have to have a seed maker to make seeds oh, I don't so that you can maker. plant your forageables. You are a fool. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So, so yeah, we kind of did touch on that one then. Uh, obviously, I think Stardew Valley is the better way to go on this one. Uh, so then his third question, which this is a fun one. Very discussion-y. Yeah. And this will this will definitely take up the last the last of our time for this episode. But what are your favorite handheld systems of all time, and what is your opinion on the Vita? So let's start with opinions on the Vita because that's the one where I will be able to not contribute much right. because I have never played the Vita. You own one, and I'm told you play it sometimes. I have since getting the Switch. I have basically I haven't touched it in so long. Uh, the big thing, the Vita though, I never really put that much stock into as having it as like I'm going to buy a lot of games for this. I'm going to keep it fully stocked. I'm going to always have it with me whenever I travel. It was I would take it on planes and different stuff like that. But was it something I pulled out in my daily when I'm sitting at home or going to a coffee shop or something? No. I pretty much let it stay in there and I would just basically get games on it through the PS Plus system. As the Vita as a whole, I do like it. It's a great size. It's it's not too bulky. Easily can fit in your pocket if you're not having a if you're not having like a, a big protective carrying case on it. It can slip right into your front pocket on your pants. It's great. If you have pockets. If you have boy pants. If you have boy pants. Sorry. Girl pockets won't fit that kind of stuff, unfortunately. So if you then, it easily fits in your messenger bags and In purses. your purse. There you go. Yeah, be go. inclusive, Jerry. I apologize. <laughs> How dare you? I apologize, everyone. I take it back. Your messenger bags and purses. <laughs> so you can then, uh, so it really does have a lot that you can do. It has a lot of great games available for it. It does, though, and I think this is why it didn't necessarily, I didn't necessarily go all in on it. 
it does have a very big market for JRPG games. Yes. Which I That's the just one hasn't thing. been my genre. So J- I love JRPGs. Which is so funny. That like I should you, just give you my Vita. You should just give me the Vita. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny thing is, is that I obviously have been a Nintendo hand- handheld person for the lo- since handheld. Right. One of my first systems I think we ever got was like our Game Boy color Mm -hmm. because it was like the more upright one but it was in color yeah there we go that one yeah uh so that may have been like the first handheld system i ever owned and it's amazing but i never switched over to like sony's version of the handheld and that probably is more to my detriment than yours Mm -hmm. because the one thing that that ps vita has that everybody else is lacking is that a ton of jrpgs that didn't make it to the west on the big consoles made it on the vita right and that sucks because if you're like me and you're like i do want to play those weird jrpgs that i see on all these weird blogs that i can't really read because they're all in Japanese, but the images that I'm seeing look super cool. Right. And they just don't make it to the West because they don't really have the fan base. They don't really have the platform for it in terms of uh, consumer support, I should say. And yet they make it to the Vita because it's the lower cost, lower risk option. And it's like, man, I really kind of wish I had a Vita sometimes. Not enough to own one, but every now and then I would see a game come out for Vita and I would be like, Vita? Now, before, I did, I have played some great games on the Vita. Like, the Vita that I bought actually came with Borderlands 2 and all of its DLC. But I still started playing Borderlands 2 on it, and I played a few hours into it, but I was like, I'd, I'd rather play this on my PS4 or the Not PS, every on a game big console. is right for handheld. Right. But I have played some excellent games on there, like the Midnight, uh, not Midnight, Hotline Miami series I played on there. Fantastic, fun games. The Hotline Miami series, if you haven't played those. Um, Severed. Super Meat Boy. Severed. Oh, yeah. Severed. Severed was a big one because it was from Drinkbox. And this is when the Vita had already kind of was on its decline. And Drinkbox said, to hell with market norms. We're releasing a game launching on Vita only. It launched on Vita. So Severed came out for that. (laughs) It incorporates the Vita's touch controls very well, which also, another selling point for the Vita, it did have some great touch controls where the screen was a touch screen and also had these like pads on the back that were that were motion sensitive or touch sensitive, not motion sensitive. And so it really did have a great library and plus it did have the support of PS Plus getting those free games every month for it. Unfortunately, that will end in March, I believe. The P- PlayStation came out saying that the now PS Plus, the free games you get will only be PS4 games. They're no longer allowing continuing support for PS3 and Vita games. So that is kind of a bummer and probably does put the nail in the coffin for my Vita, unfortunately. But there are tons of great places you can get. There's obviously still the download store. You can go on and download any of these games. There is a huge, massive library for it stuff. But it does also, I will say, it is more geared towards the JRPG. So if you enjoy JRPGs, have at it. Have a great time. I think the Vita is great. Um, But other handhelds, So mine would obviously be the DS. So I'm saying that in the broadest terms of the Nintendo DS. So I'm talking about its very first iteration, the OG DS, Mm. like the big clunky silver thing, all the way up to the... 3DS. So I'm in, I'm considering all of those to be one handheld because in my mind they're basically just slightly improved versions 
of the original concept, which is exactly what they are. You've got your two screens, it folds out, you got a little stylus, you do stuff on it. The only difference with the 3DS is that it has this completely useless 3D functionality, which makes people like dizzy, and then you feel like you have to puke, and it's no fun. Oh, so you t- so you turn it off. Thankfully, Nintendo realized that the majority of people seem to hate that, so they released the 2DS, which is so much better. So, A, get a 2DS, not a 3DS if 2DS. you don't already have one. Uh, but, B, the game library of the 3DS could really fit in kind of anywhere along the line. I think there are some really old DS games that can't be played on the newest versions of the handheld. But the gaming library of, like, the life of the DS is massive. Mm -hmm. There might be more games in the DS's library than I think some of the major consoles. Is it backwards compatible? Like it can play games from older versions of the DS? It was up to a certain point. I would would have to check. It might be. You might still be able to play DS games on your new whatever, whatever. I haven't tried. Maybe. Uh, But regardless, I do still have my my rose gold DS Lite, which actually... Actually, now that I think about it, the DS and the DS Lite were both still compatible with Game Boy Advance games. There was a slot at the bottom that you could pop it out and insert your Game Boy Advance games, which was perfect for those of us that are like super diehards and wanted to be able to play Golden Sun anytime, anywhere, best JRPG of all time, question mark. Probably not because of The Legend of Dragoon, but it's really close. (laughs) And and, uh, the Manish Cap. So some of those really old Legend of Zelda games, like you could still play them from the Game Boy era, that is. You could still kind of play them on the older versions of the DS. Mm-hmm. The Obviously, the new versions of the 2DS and the 3DS do not have backwards compa- compatibility to the Game Boy Advance, but they do still have a lot of backwards compa- compatibility for their own DS library. Nice. Yeah, that was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you talk now. <laughs> okay, I'll take over for a second. So mine, I would have to say, and I know it's not a true handheld, but now I do have to give some background to this answer. I would say my favorite handheld is with the Switch. You should be like books. <laughs> That's where the only true art of entertainment comes from. Books. <laughs> Literacy. Literacy. It's important. But no, I would have to say the Switch. Even though it's not a dedicated handheld. It is, in the sense that you can legitimately play it only in handheld but it has the functionality of the dock so it's so it's not quite true handheld as the ps vita psp 3ds and all that stuff is but still it's the one that i spent the most time actually playing background to this answer growing up when the game boy advance the game boys and all that stuff were prevalent i wasn't able to have one so i just didn't have the playtime with it i would play at friends houses and that would be about it of the what i did play i would have to say the game boy advance though would probably be my favorite of the old ones Due to games such as the Star Wars Revenge of the Sith game that was that I played, uh, and also Advance Wars. Advance Wars was a super fun game that I loved on the Game Boy Advance. So I would say, based on that, on my on what little playtime I did have with those, I would have to say it's the Game Boy Advance. From current playtime experience and my actual like more of what I spent more hours actually in, it has to be the Switch because the Vita was kind of my gamble in that I thought it was going to be the more 
You thought it was going to outsell Nintendo. No, 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 no. No, I didn't think it was going to outsell. I thought it was going. It was going to have. I thought the library would be more aligned with what I would play. I see. Okay. Because I already was so much into Sony stuff with my, you know, side of the PS3, PS4. I knew there were like Assassin's Creed games for the Vita and some other things like this. Some Uncharted, the Uncharted games, and some other ones. Actually, another great game for the Vita is Killzone Mercenaries. That was a first-person shooter on the Vita, but it was actually really well done. It played very smoothly. Lot time first-person shooters for me on a handheld system can feel very. Clunky. Yeah, it felt very smooth, especially for really? the Vita. I did love that. My only other complaint, I would say though, about the Vita, and this one is me, is just because of how many, it's a little small for my hands. Oh, you're ridiculous! <laughs> but that's just me. Like <laughs> that's that just gives, you. That's it. Could probably be great Normal for you. Normal hand size people will be fine. Big size hands people like me. There. I doesn't. thought you were going to say that the games come on little tiny discs. Oh no, and no, no, no. It's, silly. it's that sometimes. It legitimately, like sometimes I felt like I was like kind of like just like and to hold it right to sometimes to get with all the buttons it felt just a little small for my that's hands that's really funny switch feels perfect in my <laughs> hands. I love it. but uh kills and mercy is another great game for that so i just felt like the the library would the game's library would line up more closely with what i was enjoying at the time looking back i probably should have gone with the 3ds or 2ds yeah. because i think even though some of the games there would have been more you know, platformery more of the Nintendo style than what I had been playing at the time, I think I would have found a bigger library and been able to dig into more past titles and things like that, like the Mario Karts, the Mar- different Mario games and things like that to have even more playability than I would have with my Vita. So looking back, you know, hindsight yeah. 2020 kind of thing, I should have gone with the 2DS. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so to answer your question for me, it would be the Switch would be the, the biggest one. My right on. One. Nintendo, so. killing it. They are. PS Vita, maybe killing it? No, Who's it's definitely to not. Like, I'm pretty sure they're not making any new ones. It's <laughs> it's on so. it's on the decline. You know, we should probably, well, you already have one. I should probably get a PS Vita now before they stop printing them and they become collector's items. That's true. And the price goes way up. I wonder, I'm going to... probably find one for pretty I'm cheap. I'm going to walk into Best Buy and be like, I would like a new... Inbox wrapped PlayStation Vita, and they would be like, "Man, we don't sell those." Oh, I would say this though. Another thing about the about the Vita that's kind of a bad, uh, kind of a knock on it. The memory cards for it are expensive. Really? They're very expensive. You have to get a special. You memory have to get card? a specific oh, proprietary memory card for it. That's now the one I came with was an eight gig, and for what I played on it, it was perfect because I was always getting these smaller free indie games that didn't take up a whole lot of space. Perfect. But if I tried to play like. Borderlands on it. That's pretty much my whole system. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. So, yeah. so well, something to keep in mind there. What was the battery life on the Vita? It's the battery life on the Vita is outstanding. Really? I have huh. played it on a plane. Put it just in sleep mode. You just tap the power button and it goes to sleep. Put it in its case. Didn't touch it for months later. Go pick it up, pop it out of its case, hit the power button. It still has like half battery. Nice. It's fantastic battery. So that is a great selling point for it as, as well. So pros and cons everywhere on the, yeah. on the Vita. Because the battery life of the 2DS is pretty good. I want to say maybe like five to ten hours. I don't know. I would have to check. Better life but, for the Switch. Is oh, better than the Switch. But even terrible. so, it was like. I, if I were going on a long trip and I were taking my 2DS, I would have to bring the charger because if I'm playing it a lot, it might not make it through the whole trip. Right. So, so there you go, Josh. Hopefully that answered all your questions. And thank you for sending us yes. so many super and fun send questions. send us more if you have any more. All of Anyone our other lazy listeners, be like Josh. The patrons, they just send it through the Discord because uh, they get they get all nice and, you know, they're, what's they feel it privileged. They're complacent. <laughs> <laughs> No, but we do we do appreciate all the feedback we get from all of our listeners. But and again, so if we do have that that patron specific 
channel on our Discord. The Rogues Gallery is what we call it, and that is a t- is a reward for either tier of our page of our Patreon rewards. So he- check that out again, patreon.com slash team chat podcast if you're interested at all in helping. Of course, if the you're show. not a patron, you can still submit requests to us via email. Yeah, like obviously, Josh there's did. not a gate. There's and not there's like no a, gate. there's not a gate there. <laughs> it's just something we have. Uh, but anyway. Oh, I was going on another tangent with that, but I forgot what it was going to be. I don't oh, remember. No. Something with the Patreon, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, anyway, well. Patreon.com. <laughs> but before we go, we do have to do our soundtrack spotlight for this week, which comes to us from our guest from last week, Kirok. Oh, yeah. He had a good one. He had a great one. Uh, this one comes from Bioshock. It is Cohen's Masterpiece by Gary Scheiman. Now, this one, the Bioshock as a whole... I'm not the biggest fan of its soundtrack. It's, it's okay. Most it's of not it is great. very atmospheric. Right. Like, it's not meant to be something that you can listen to at home. Not many tracks necessarily stick out in my head when I think about it, except for Cohen's Masterpiece. Cohen's Masterpiece takes place when you're actually dealing with the character of Cohen in the Bioshock game. He, if I remember correctly, he's the one who, like, wants to build some, like, massive art installation out of, like, oh, mummified he's the artist, splicers isn't he? or yeah. something like that. Oh, or cast images of splicers, but he's obviously just, like, dunking these living spi- splicers into huge vats of, of uh, whatever, plaster? paste. Yeah, <laughs> plaster. Paste. <laughs> Go to art school. I chose not to. But anyway, so uh, and but then he also you meet Cohen. You walk into this room because you hear this piano playing, and you walk and you like can hear it faintly, and it gets louder and louder. And you finally, when you discover the source, you discover it's Cohen, and he's playing this incredible song on the piano. It's one of those songs. Kirok brought it up to us last week after we finished recording, and I was like, "That's one of those songs that you hear on the piano, and you can't understand how one person can be playing it." Yeah, it sounds like there should be somebody else next to them going on, like doing some stuff. It's it's an incredibly Beautiful, but also menacing and dark. Like haunting. It's It's very haunting. Yes. Excellent way to describe it. So that is the soundtrack spotlight for this week. So I know I do this on our Twitter and I don't necessarily make a big deal of it. I have the only the preview of the song in our episodes since we just kind of have that to be like, here, this is the song we talked about. But Wednesday or Thursdays, I will post a link to the full song on our Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. So look for that if you want to listen to the full one or just go ahead and go to YouTube. Give Give it a search there. Listen to this great piece of music by Gary Scheiman. Were you going to mention that we're also now on Spotify? Yes! Oh, we're also now on Spotify! Good for me! Thank you! You're Thank welcome! You. We actually did, uh, in this last little bit of housekeeping, we did switch to a new podcasting service. Fire, we're using Fireside.fm, which is actually an Austin local company. How about so, them, uh, We switched over to that one, so I actually finally completed the migration. They made it super easy. This is not a spot, an ad. I'm just telling you. Fireside.fm made it super easy to transfer my podcast from SoundCloud. With a click of a single button, I was able to import all of our episodes into Fireside.fm and say bye-bye to SoundCloud. Yeah, F you, SoundCloud. <laughs> so we're now over at Fireside.fm. I'm loving it. Uh, but they also, one of the big reasons why I want to do that is because with another simple click of a button, I was able to submit our podcast, our wonderful little humble podcast, to Spotify, and we are now on Spotify. You can just give a search for Team Chat Podcast, and we'll pull right up. All of our episodes are there. It's great. It's fantastic. I love it. We're finally a real podcast. We're finally a real <laughs> finally. podcast. I'm like Pinocchio. I'm finally a real boy. Three years on. <laughs> so check us out on Spotify as well. But that concludes this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening, and thank you, Josh, again, for your great question. 
again, looking forward to see what's going to come with Destiny, Destiny when the coming days with the bus, with the Bungie and Activision split. And of course, it was always great to again hear about the news of Soldier 76. So great episode all around. We will see you all next week, Tuesday, 9 a.m. for the new episode of Team Chat Podcast. Thanks for listening and listen to the song.